they were seated. is the question. That is a very important question. <clears throat> Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Turn your Bibles this morning, please, to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to see another incident in, in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, a great illustration of what we just sang about. So Luke chapter number 5, and please follow along. I'm just going to read um, verses 12 through 16 and then pray and then we'll <clears throat> get in um, to the message for this morning. Luke 5, starting in verse 12. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying Lord if thou wilt thou canst make me clean and he put forth his hand and touched him saying I will be thou clean and immediately the leprosy departed from him and he charged him to tell no man but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by, them, by him of their infirmities, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. All right, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the word of God today thankful for this example of Jesus Christ's power as he cleansed the leper. We're thankful, dear Father, for there is so much more under the surface, as it were, about what took place here. And so I pray again for the help of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that if there are those here who need spiritual cleansing, that thou, they would come to thee for that, even as this dear leprous man besought the Lord, begged the Lord for his help. So help us, O Lord, as we look into the word today, in Jesus' name, amen. Most of you are very much aware of the fact that uh, when the Lord Jesus was on the earth, and even before that in the Old Testament day, um, one of the most dreaded diseases was leprosy. Um, in our day, I suppose that there's all different forms of cancer, and, and a Probably today, that is one of the most dreadful, if you get the diagnosis that you have cancer. Well, that, that would be like a leper in Jesus' day, only worse. Um, for one thing, there was no cure for leprosy, really no treatment. Um, some forms of it were highly contagious. Um, it was a disease that attacked the nerves as well as the physical tissue of the body. And so um, it caused the loss of um, bowel tissue and usually started with you know fingers, toes, ears and nose. <laughs> kind of rhyme there. But it would attack the, the extremity so to speak but then it would just work its way um, until the person basically just their body just rotted. 
and their 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 parts, their their bodies that would, would fall apart, would just fall off. Um, just a dreadful thing. Um, and having leprosy was considered a living death. And so, for just a, one example, um, in Numbers 12, we read of Miriam, you know, Aaron and Moses' sister, being stricken with leprosy for speaking against the Ethiopian woman that Moses had married. You remember that story? In Exodus 12, they complained about that. And so the glory of God appeared, and he spoke to them and rebuked them for bringing things against Moses. Um, by the way, the Ethiopian, that was only their, their excuse to complain about his leadership and so on. But anyway, so when the cloud departed, when the glory of God departed, Miriam had leprosy. So Aaron came to Moses and said, please pray for her. And he, this is part of what he said. Aaron's words included this, Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. Now that's not a very pretty picture. But that's the kind of disease leprosy was. In those days, as you know, lepers were cut off from society and had to cry out, unclean, unclean. They had to have a covering on their lip. And, they, and any time they came in contact, or in the vicinity, not contact, I should, that's not the right word, in the vicinity of a healthy person, they have to cry, unclean, unclean. And uh, down through the years, I remember learning about this in history class, geography, something, about leper colonies and everything like that. And our teacher said how awful that was, how terrible. Apparently, obviously, she didn't have a clue about what was actually going on in that day. Um, so, not only that, but turn with me, please, turn to the book of Isaiah for just a moment. Leprosy was used, or was a type, or picture of sin. Um, Isaiah chapter 1, here's an example of that. Um, where the Lord... Through the prophet Isaiah, he's speaking to Isaiah. And of course, Isaiah's ministry was to take the word of God that he received and, and declare it to the people. And certainly, it's, it's basically concerning Judah and Jerusalem. That is the uh, the, the the southern kingdom of of Judah. And he had a message for them, a message of impending judgment, if they continued to go away from the Lord. And so here is how uh, God describes. Let's go, we're going to read, let's read the first six verses of Isaiah chapter 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Now you would recognize some of those names. Uzziah and Hezekiah were both good kings. Hezekiah was one of the greatest. Jotham was, the Bible says he did right. And then Ahaz, of course, was a wicked king. And so here's what God says. He says to Isaiah, this is the message. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Well, isn't, well talk about a one-sentence summary of the history of Israel. And in the book of uh, Jeremiah, God says to them, What more could I have done for thee? Now think about that. 
You know, that's one of the reasons it's, it's great to study the Old Testament because the Bible says in Romans and in 1 Corinthians that those things are for our examples and therefore our learning so that we don't repeat the same errors that they made. And so he says, I have nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. Verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. And a couple of us were talking about that, maybe last Sunday or one of the recent Sundays, that, you know, human beings are the only creatures that don't obey and recognize God naturally. You know, we have to be brought to that point because of our sinfulness. And so that's what the Lord is saying. Even an ox knows his owner and an ass or donkey, his master's crib or the place where the grain is stored. You know, and all the animals, the stars, the planets, everything lives and moves in harmony with the will of God. And so, but he says, my people, Israel, but Israel doth not know my people doth not consider. And then this is what God says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden, laden with iniquity, that is loaded down, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. Why should ye be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. Now, I want us to think about, as I read verse 6, think about what I just described of a leper. Like the man in our, in our account for today, where the Bible says this man was full of leprosy. It, means all, he, it wasn't just starting, it, was, it, had, it had taken over his whole body. And so God uses that, and, and really there was no other sickness or disease in Isaiah's day that, you, that would be like leprosy, the way it just took over a person's body. So God is saying here, just like leprosy took over the bodies of people, so sin takes over the whole being. And here's, listen, look at how he describes it. Verse 6, from the sole of the foot, okay, you know, right down the bottom of the foot, unto the head, there is no soundness, there is no health, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Okay, so they could, there was a few things they could do, but he said that spiritually speaking, Judah had not none of these things. So they were in a place of based just about true, true, total rebellion against God. Now verse 9, it says, Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, and there was a remnant of faithful believers like Isaiah, we should have been as Sodom, and would, we should have been like unto Gomorrah. You know what happened to them? Totally destroyed, totally wiped out. Now, well, the point is there. No, not so much the judgment that was coming, but the situation in Sodom and Gomorrah. Who was in who? Who in Sodom and Gomorrah 
was a man that was righteous. Now, the Bible, I, I, wouldn't, I would not call Lot righteous if the Bible didn't. The Bible knows more than I do. So, the, you know, judging by his life, you know, he was everything but righteous. But God said he was a righteous man. That means in his heart. But anyway, so um, he was the only one in Sodom and Gomorrah. He, you know, and so that's what, that's what the, the Lord says here about, about Judah, that if it, if it wasn't for the remnant... They would all be like they would be like Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, so let's go back <clears throat> to Luke chapter five. Now, thankfully, you know, if we're saved and, and we realize that those of us who know Christ as Savior, um, we're not perfect in this life. We're still capable of sin, and we do sin. But God looks at us now as redeemed. He looks at us as children of God. And so what what does a good parent do? They chasten their children. They discipline them. And so God, to us, but that's not, he's talking here about a country, a a nation who had just about totally um, forsaken the Lord. And so he uses this disease as an example, as an illustration. And so with that in mind, let's go back to Luke 5 and see this, this man who comes to meet Jesus, all right? So, look at, in, in uh, verse 12, notice the man's condition in the first part. We, we kind of touched on this already. But it says, and it came to pass. In other words, as events unfolded, uh, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. Now, we would say today that it was in the advanced stage or the end stage. Um, lots of damage. Not much longer to live. Right? I mean, he was, as we would say, he was on his way out. And there was no hope. In fact, they didn't even... They didn't even try to help lepers in those days. Um, they just, they just, you know, they just said you're unclean, and and again, that was <clears throat> that was according to the law of Moses. They were supposed to do that so that they wouldn't spread among the people. Right? And so there is also a, a an illustration there of a principle of us of staying away from sin, avoiding sin in our lives. Now. Some people take that to mean I'm going to avoid sinners. We, that, that, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says we need to be we need to be salt and light in the world. We need to be a testimony. And the example of Jesus Christ is, you know, <clears throat> he went where they were. He went where the sinners were to give them the gospel. Now this man, notice, so he's full of leprosy, hopeless. Just like an unsaved, just like a sinner. We're hopeless and helpless. The Bible says that. We have no strength. We can do nothing to change our condition. All we can do is recognize our need and and our sinfulness and, and call on the Lord Jesus Christ, repenting of our sin and trusting in him. As he and, and by the way, he does that. He he begins that. He initiates that whenever the gospel's preached. All right. So here comes a man. Full leprosy. Notice that not only, but notice his condition, but also notice his confidence. Who, seeing Jesus, middle verse twelve, fell on his face, got down before him, and besought him. That, that's a that's a great word. The word besought in the Bible means that he pleaded or begged. He begged Jesus, saying, "Lord." If 
if thou wilt. In other words, if you are willing, thou canst, or you can, you're able to make me clean. Clean. And so he has every confidence that the Lord's able. And the only question is, are you willing? If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Well, let's take a look next at the Lord's compassion. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. So he was healed and he was cleansed. Be thou clean. And of course, he would now be clean ceremonially, although that's not really the most important thing here. Um, he was now free of the disease. And I, I mean, it's, it's obvious to me, I hope it is to you, that not only does that mean that the leprosy was gone, but it also means that the Lord restored his body. Whatever he had lost, the Lord gave it back. And so he's completely clean, completely healthy. The leprosy departed from him. Now I want us to think about a couple things here. I want us to look, first of all, at his touch. The touch of the Lord. The Bible says he put forth his hand and touched him. Now, did Jesus have need to do that to heal him? He could have just said. But the Bible says he touched him. What does that mean? Why? Why is that so important? Well, number one, it shows his care. It shows the fact that he had compassion on this man. And when, he, when you put forth your hand, you know, when you take someone by the hand or you touch someone on the shoulder, you know, that's, to me, that shows a little, that's an extra expression of care. And so that's what the Lord did here. He put forth his hand and touched him. But you know, there was something else about it. Do you know that what he did was against the law? Lepers were not supposed to be touched. They were supposed to say, unclean, unclean, unclean. And so the Lord Jesus, I want to say this in the right way, because the Bible says that Jesus, when he came, he was made of a woman, made under the law. So he submitted himself to the law, was subject to the law, and yet he was above the law because he was the Lord. So both things, like, you know, the fact that he was God and also man. So he was subject, he obeyed the law, and we're going to see that in just a moment, but he was also over the law. He, he, he superseded the law, superintended the law. And so, um, <clears throat> by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ could not be affected by leprosy. He himself could not get it. He was God in the flesh. And so he was sinless and, and all those things. And so the, the leprosy had no power against him. And so he, he put his hand on him, touched him. And then he said, I will be thou clean. His power, I will be thou clean. He just said, be thou clean. Basically commanded the leprosy to leave and his body to be restored to cleanliness and health and purity. And immediately, the Bible says, immediately the leprosy departed from him. So think about that. Just think about this man. 
think that when he when he woke up that morning, if he if, if he slept, in the condition that he was in, and just one encounter <clears throat> with the Lord Jesus Christ changed his life. I mean, literally. He was cleansed. He was purified. He was restored to full health. And he was allowed to be back with the living, so to speak. Praise the Lord for that. Let's go on. We're going we're to bring some more of these things together when we get to the end. But let's continue in the, in the passage here. We see the Lord's command, right? First of all, we saw the man's condition. We saw the Lord's compassion, now the Lord's commandment. Verse 14, and he charged him, ordered him basically to tell no man, in other words, don't go out, don't tell anybody. <clears throat> Again, the Lord did not, was not doing these things to make a name for himself. And so he did, wasn't, he, it wasn't time for him to reveal himself as the Messiah. And it says this, that he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Who unto them? Unto who? Unto the priest and the leaders of Israel. So he said, you go. Now, there's a lot here. So he said, first of all, he said to the man, be silent. Don't tell anybody. Then he said, let secondly, be scriptural. Follow the word of God. Follow the guidelines of the Old Testament. And we know that when Moses commanded, it was M Moses got the command from God and gave it to the people. So in reality, it's God's commandment given through Moses. All right? Moses was considered the one who gave the law to the people after he received it from God. And so he says, here's a couple things for him to do. Follow the requirements of the law, is what, what Jesus is saying. Show thyself to the priest. Right? Now, so the priest could examine him and pronounce him clean. Now, back in the book, so you can read it for yourself later, this, the uh, Leviticus 13 and 14 talks about what to do when a, when a, if a leper was cleansed. Though, so, and he was to go to the priest, number one, show himself to the priest, and then it says, <clears throat> he says, offer for thy cleansing. Bring the required sacrifices. Again, in Leviticus, it tells us that two lambs were to be brought. And if the leper couldn't afford the lamb, he was allowed to bring turtle doves or pigeons. Notice, for thy cleansing. Um, now, in the Old Testament day, it was so the priest could confirm his cleansing. And here the leper's already cleansed. And so, this for thy cleansing, on behalf of thy cleansing, take it. Take these to the priest, and those offerings, by the way, one of them was a sin offering. And so even as they were cleansed of their leprosy, they had to bring a sacrifice to acknowledge, the, to acknowledge their sinfulness and reliance upon God's mercy and grace. Um, because back in those days, uh, there was no other ex explanation, I'm talking about in Moses' day, for a leper to be cleansed. It, wasn't, it just wasn't, you know, it just didn't happen. In fact, remember uh, a couple weeks ago in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus said there were many lepers in the, in, you know, many lepers in Israel in the days of Eliseus, that is Elisha, 
but none of them were cleansed. None of them were cleansed except Naaman, the Syrian. And you know that wonderful, that wonderful account in the Bible. So it was rare indeed for a leper to be cleansed, but yet God made provision. One of the reasons he did that is, that again, because leprosy is a picture of sin and how it totally takes over the life of a, of a sinner and that it took the grace of God to cleanse that. All right, now, <clears throat> but notice what it says, according as Moses commanded, according to law, for a testimony unto them. Now, I'll just share with you two things. That, you know, there's at least two. Um, a, this, so when he said for a testimony unto them, number one, a testimony to the power of Jesus Christ. So even though he told this man, you know, don't tell everybody, don't tell anybody, but go to the priest. Show yourself to the priest um, for a testimony. Again, so these leaders would acknowledge the power of Christ in demonstrating that he was the Messiah, that he was the fulfillment of the law and prophets which they claim to know so well. But then there's something else. Turn to Matthew 5 for just a moment. Matthew chapter 5. So a, a testimony to the power of Jesus Christ, demonstrating that he was the Messiah, but then secondly, a testimony to the propriety of Jesus Christ, demonstrating his respect for the law of God, to show that truly he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And that was one of the charges they made accusations that he had come to destroy Moses and the law. Now Matthew 5, and verse... Um, well, I want to read verse 13 to 18 but because I want us to be reminded of our privilege and responsibility as believers. Ye are the salt of the earth, Matthew 5.13. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of man. So Jesus is basically saying, and I preached this a couple Sunday nights ago, um, that um, if we're not savory, if we're not a testimony for Christ, we're basically worthless. That's what he's saying as believers. There's really no reason for us to be here. That's, that's what he's saying. Now, I didn't say that. He did. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candlestick and put it under a bushel, in other words, under a basket, or hide it, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Right? So we're supposed to be like a city set on a hill. We're, in other words, in the open. So people can see us. Verse 16, let your light so shine. We're to be candles. We're to, to be lighted on a candlestick to give light. Let your light so shine before men. So, can't be just in here. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And then he says this, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. All right? Um, so basically, 
these things, Jesus came to fulfill the law, number one, by being the only man, only human, who ever fully obeyed the law. And then secondly, the word fulfill also means to bring to its logical conclusion, to take the law where it's meant to be. In other words, to, to fulfill all those pictures, all those types in the Old Testament, um, everything. And I mean, it was years ago now, but I did have a series of messages and I had an overhead, the different, the different things of the tabernacle and how they all picture something about Christ. And so the Lord Jesus came to fulfill the law so that the people of Israel would no longer trust in the, in the sacrifices and the rituals and the offerings to cover their sins, but that they would trust in Jesus Christ to take away their sins so that their sins could have remission. Right? And then he goes on to say this, well, verses 19 and 20, um, whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments. So the Lord is saying, I'm not here, to, I'm not to destroy the law. By the way, the Ten Commandments, nine of them are quoted in the New Testament. The only one that's not a command to us is to keep the Sabbath, because that's, that's Old Testament. We don't do the seventh day, the Sabbath day, um, that's, and so on. We have, and in fact, the, the disciples and the church, early church set the example. They met on the first, the first day of the week became their primary day, because the first day of the week, which is today, is based on the resurrection of Christ. The Sabbath day in the Old Testament was based on the six days of creation and the day of rest. And you go back to Genesis chapter 2 and read that, Exodus 20, other places. In fact, the Bible says very clearly in the Old Testament, more than one place, the Bible says the Sabbath was between God and Israel. It had nothing to do with us. Because um, we're the, Lord, we're the Lord's day, all right? This is the day. That's another subject, but I, I really have studied out that verse in Psalm 118. This is the day which the Lord hath made. He's really talking about the day that Jesus rose from the grave because it's in that context of the, 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 the stone that the builders rejected has become the foundation of the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. Marvelous in our eyes. It's talking about the prophecy of Christ's resurrection. But anyway, but he's saying this. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments shall teach men so. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine a bunch of Jewish leaders, Pharisees, all those people, even the common people, hearing that. I mean, he, you know, for, the, for Jesus Christ to say to the people of Israel, you've got, you have to be more righteous than the scribes and Pharisees. And they would have said, you know what? We're done. We're hopeless. We can never be more righteous than them. Yes, you can. By trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? But he, he came. That's what's so wonderful. By, and then it goes, so then, because Jesus has come, because Jesus died, shed his precious blood, bore our sins, rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, therefore, Galatians tells us what the purpose of the law is now. It says, the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. In other words, the law is still usable to tell people, show people their sinfulness and to cause them to come to Christ. Right? 
I do a lot more. It seems like more and more all the time um, when I get a chance to talk to people, whether it be a group or individually. <clears throat> I'm taking them back to the Ten Commandments because people have no concept of sin today. Right? But anyway, so Jesus came to fulfill. All right, back to Luke 5. Just a couple other things here. Um, Luke chapter number 5. We'll see the result of his cleansing, of this cleansing, rather. Um, the, the fame, that's what I want us to look at. Verse 15, it says, Luke 5.15, But so much the more <coughs> went there a fame, of, of, a fame, in other words, this report, abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And so obviously the word is spreading, not just by this guy, but I want um, keep replacing. We're going to come right back to Luke, but I want us to look at a verse in Mark. Mark chapter 1 adds a detail um, to this account. Um, <clears throat> Mark chapter 1. Same, you know, same account. Mark 1 verse 40 says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Same, same request. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed and he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away. Now we know in, in Luke, the charge was don't tell anybody, tell no man. And he saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for testimony to them. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter in the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every corner. So he began to publish about and, and blaze it about, and, and I'm sure, uh, you know, he said, look at, look at me now, look at me now, look what Jesus did for me. By the way, that's our testimony. That's our testimony. Look what he did for me. I would say this kindly, because I, 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 we're, all, we're all in this together, you know. I hear people say that they, they, don't, they, can't, they, don't, they can't witness, they don't know how to tell somebody. Really? Do you, know what God, what, do you know what Jesus did for you? If you don't, you better come and talk to me quick. If you claim to be saved, but you don't know what Jesus did for you, Wow. You better get back in your scriptures. You better find out. Go back and figure out if you really did trust the Lord. It's really not difficult. The devil wants, them to, wants us to think it's really difficult. But you can start off by telling people what Jesus Christ did for you. And then, call, you know, I don't mind. Call me up. You know, say, hey, look, talk to our pastor. Because he could, you know, but I mean, if you can do it, do it. There's been at least a couple times and I, and where I got called or came to, someone came and said, hey, I've, I've been talking to this person. In fact, I got a call one night. It was after prayer meeting. We got home and the phone rang. It was brother. It was Pern. He said, hey, I got one of my truck driving buddies here. Um, he really wants to know how to be saved. I've told him what I can. I mean, he was just a baby Christian, Pern. He said, could you come up and, and kind of take it from here? And so I did. But, but that's okay. That's all right. And so... But, you know, give, it, give your testimony. All right, anyway, tell them what the Lord did. But I really think that every Christian in this room is capable of doing more than that. 
By the way, it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean that as an afterthought, I mean that as the main thought. We, we can't do it without the Holy Spirit's help. But anyway, so we're back in Luke 5, because <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to pick up in this verse next Lord's Day. Um, but notice, so he, he began to, to blaze it all over, tell everybody. So they all came. So Luke 5 and verse 15 says, The fame abroad, and a great multitude came together to hear, and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now they came to hear him. But let's not, you know, let's not forget that. E- even if their main purpose may have because they had a disease, but they also wanted to hear. Because not only was the rumor, the report going around about his healing, but also about his preaching. Because nobody had ever heard preaching like that before. And so they came. All right, then it says this. Verse 16, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And we're going to talk about that. Um, Lord willing, I'm planning on making the whole message next, next Sunday morning on verse 16. All right? On Christ's prayer life. And some ex- principles of prayer that he used and therefore certainly should apply unto us. Now notice that the Lord Jesus, with everything going on, and with people pressing upon him to hear the word of God, he still knew the importance and the priority, and he was not afraid or backwards of getting away from the people. You know, they're still going to, you know, and, you know, the idea, I'm going to go pray. I need to be, I need to spend time alone with my heavenly father. Because remember, the Bible says Jesus did not do things on his own. He said, my doctrine is not mine. But his that sent me, so the way he didn't preach his own, he preached God's, God's word. He said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of my Father. These works are not mine, but they're the works that f- the Father sent me to do. And so he relied upon the guidance of his heavenly Father. That's a, to, to me, that's a fantastic, amazing mystery. How could God in the flesh need to pray? But he did. And he relied. In fact, the Bible says in Luke 10 that that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. The point is this. If he saw the need, how can we not? How can we possibly go through one day on earth without praying and without seeking the guidance of God? You know, I... That's, that's why people's lives, even Christians' lives, are being swallowed up and devoured. We can't do it on our own. We, we just can't. We can't. And we shouldn't. I don't want to. <laughs> you know, like God said, or Moses said to God, God, if you don't go with us, don't send us. <laughs> and I feel like that too. God, if you're not going to, I don't want to do it. If, you, if you're not going to be with me, then I don't want to go. <laughs> and that, of course, God, what did Jesus say? I'm with you always. Even to the world, and I keep reminding, and I know it sounds—it's too simple today. That's the problem. It's too simple in our intellectual world. And, and I've talked to some young guys that are getting ready, supposed to go into ministry, and, and you know, and I tell them Acts six four. The apostles said, "We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word." And I've heard people say to me, young. 
seminary kids, whatever, they'll say, well, you know, but, 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 but that's, that won't work today. It's, 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 it's more complicated than that. Why? Because people make it complicated. Can, can we do better than the apostles? Like, are we going to say, my, my ministry's better than theirs? No, man. So anyway, prayer. So we're going to talk about that. Um, hopefully it'll be a real encouragement um, about the, the matter of prayer. So one more thing, one more thought. We kind of hinted at this already. But you know, again, there's some dreadful diseases. I know people, I've talked to people just recently, they, they, won't, they don't even want to open the door. And when we knock on the door, they, they wouldn't even think about coming to church or sending their kids to Sunday school. They're so afraid of COVID, right? People are dreadfully afraid of cancer. Um, but you know something? People need to understand this too. That mankind has a disease far worse than leprosy. Far worse than cancer. That's the disease of sin. Now, I'm, again, I'm using that advisedly. I don't, I don't accept this idea that alcoholism, that drunkenness is a, is a disease, drug addiction is a disease. No, it's not. It's a sin. It's a lust. That I'm talking about the fact that there is a spiritual disease in every one of us, and that's the disease of sin. Just like Isaiah 1, it, affect, it just affects our whole being. Now, hopefully, maybe all of us, but I know most of us in this room have been cured of our uh, spiritual disease by Jesus Christ. If not, we're here to help. Only Jesus. Only Jesus in that day. That's the thing. Only Jesus could cleanse that leper. Now, he gave his disciples power later. That's another subject. But you know what I mean. Even them, it wasn't them. It was his. But anyway, and only Jesus can take away our sin. Only Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank God that he alone can save. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The apostles, when they were questioned by the authorities in Acts chapter 4, they said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Only him. All right? Let's take our hymn books. Well, let's pray first. Father in heaven, we thank thee so much for this great um, incident in the Bible of the power of Jesus Christ. His leprosy was, prop, was considered to be the worst sickness in those days. And Father, I suppose the two things that were most dreadful in Christ's day was leprosy and demon possession and how Christ had power over all those things. And we are thankful, dear Lord, I am a sinner. We are sinners, and we have that disease of sin. And yet, Lord, if we've been, if we've been washed in the blood, then you no longer see us as sinners. Oh, may help us to realize that. We are, now, we are now children of God. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have been purchased. We've been bought. We've been sanctified. All kinds of beautiful things, justified. And so, Lord, help us to, to glory in that, to make our boast in God, as it were, and yet to humbly thank thee for all that thou hast done. And, Lord, help us to share the light of the gospel with those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, 310 in, your, in hymn books. Um, 310, and let's stand, please. Um, <clears throat> whiter than snow. Whiter than snow. Let's sing the first and the third verses, shall we? Um, 
Again, if the Lord has spoken to your heart, we can be of help to you. We want to do that. So please let us know. Verse 1, verse 3, whiter than snow. Lord Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. I want thee forever to live in my soul. Break down every idol, cast down every foe. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 3. Lord Jesus, for this I most humbly entreat. I wait, blessed Lord, at thy crucified feet. By faith for my cleansing, I see thy blood flow. Now wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Amen. And, and the, the Bible says as believers, as we confess our sins, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the blood of Jesus Christ <coughs> cleanseth us. And the idea there for the believer continues to cleanse. Praise the Lord for that. And even that passage in Isaiah where he con, con, you know, convicted them of their sin, he said, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Amen. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Praise the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank thee so much. Lord, if we have trusted Christ as our Savior, we are forgiven. We are cleansed. We are sanctified. We are justified. We are washed. We praise the Lord for that. Oh, Lord, thank you for the cleansing. And we ask, Father, that you would use the word of God to continue to speak to our hearts as we seek by thy grace, by the Holy Spirit's leading, to just dig deeper and deeper into its treasures. And as we do that, we just come, we just come back to thee again and again with praise Jesus, praise the Lord for what, for what he is, for what he's done, for what he continues to do. I thank thee again. Father, thanks so much for the book of Luke as we get to see Christ therein in his earthly ministry and his words and his works. We thank thee for that. Help us to be like his disciples at the feet of Jesus. And watch over us now this afternoon and be with us and bless our service tonight. Lord, may you be with us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.